0: So we're on a a sermon series through the Gospel of John, and we'll be on it for a a while. We're in chapter 5 this morning. Last week we started in 5, and we uh, uh, looked at the story last week about the fellow had been sick for 38 years, laying on his cot next to a pool, Uh, one spot, 38 long years, and uh, Jesus comes along and heals him with a word, Uh, an incredible miracle. Uh, somebody who had been in one spot, unable to move for 38 years, stands up and walks miraculously, and uh, the Jewish leaders find out, and they persecute him uh, for doing this, and so we'll begin at that point, John 5, 16, for this reason the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath, so that was one of their big rules that they had, and uh, Then Jesus says something that, you know, if you're just reading through it, you'll miss it, but it was quite significant. He answered them, my father is working until now, and I myself am working. For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, also was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. And so what Jesus said there is, uh, if he were to have asked him, hey, the Sabbath, your rule, does it apply to God? Can He work? Well, yeah, God can work. And so Jesus basically says that. My Father is working, and I'm working. Because I'm God like He's God. And so they really react to that, and, uh, because He was making Himself equal with God. Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself unless it is something He does... Uh, Unless it is something, he does not come into judgment. But as, let's see, I've got my, there we go. Excuse me. Pages got turned around. I don't know if it's those guys that did it. Maybe they did. I was going to take it down in case they got a hold of it. All right, let me start over. Uh, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. And Jesus is, de- is declaring he and the Father are one. Their unity is in- incredible. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son, shows Him all things that He Himself is doing. And the Father will show Him greater works than these, so that you will marvel. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom He wishes. And so if you were to have asked the people there, uh, what is it that God does in this life that really is one of the greatest things that God can do raising the dead and so Jesus said the father raises the dead and I will raise the dead and it wasn't long after that that Lazarus was raised to the dead from the dead after four days being in the tomb and Jesus uh, basically speaks it Lazarus come forth and Lazarus raises from the dead and so he makes that statement the father raises the dead and gives them life even so the son also gives life to whom he wishes for not even the father judges anyone but he's given all judgment to the Son." And so Jesus, at this point, says, "God the Father is judge of the world, and He's given that to me, His Son. All honor uh, so that all will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him." And he really is uh, kind of putting them in the uh, uh, pressure on them right now, because they were dishonoring Jesus. And he said, if you don't honor me, you're not honoring the Father as well. Truly, truly, I say to you, he hears my word and believes him who sent me. When Jesus says, believe and has eternal life, he has said that um, all through the, the gospel of John repeatedly. Believe in me and you will experience eternal life. He does not come into judgment has passed out of death into life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. The dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. Those who hear will live, for just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself, and he gave him authority. He gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Now that term, Son of Man, Jesus uses for himself over and over and over again Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he calls himself the Son of Man. You can uh, read that and not uh, really catch it, but it always irritated the Jewish leaders, made them very angry. Often at that point, they would pick up stones to stone him when he would call himself the Son of Man. And uh, it comes from the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 7. If you want to understand the book of Revelation, you have to read and understand the book of Daniel because... It's sort of the beginning of much of the prophecy in the book of Revelation and the promises made to the nation of Israel. That's where the term kingdom of God first began, is in the prophecy of Daniel. That's where uh, the Messiah is really clearly promised for the first time in the book of Daniel. And uh, in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, there's a picture, a scene of the Messiah coming from heaven, having been commissioned by the Father, the Ancient of, of Days, And he's coming uh, on clouds to rule and to reign, and his title is Son of Man. Son of Man. So every time Jesus calls himself the Son of Man, uh, he is claiming the promise, the prophecy in Daniel chapter 7. And we'll look at that in a minute. So if you have your notes, number one, Jesus claimed to be God's Son and equal with the Father. Jesus claimed to be God's Son, equal with the Father. He claimed and called himself God. I read a book uh, not too long ago of an individual who was talking about Jesus in a very negative way, and he makes this statement, Jesus never claimed to be God, everybody else said he was, but he never claimed to be God, and I thought as I read that, you haven't read the Bible much, you certainly haven't read the book of John, because Jesus repeatedly claims to be God, the Son of God, equal with the Father, always with the Father, uh, all authority given to him. By the way, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but I am the world's greatest fisherman. I claim that for myself. If you would like to bow down to me uh, now or later, you're welcome to do that. Uh, And so that's my claim to fame, I am the world's greatest fisherman. How would you know that? Well, go fishing with me. You won't catch fish, I will. And so there's always a proof. There's always a demonstration, and so Jesus claims to be, declares himself to be God, equal with the Father, and he uh, demonstrates that by his life. And in this passage, John chapter 5, he claims to be God, authority is given to me, Uh, I will raise the dead, I will be judge of the world. I am God's son John five sixteen. for this reason the Jews were perse- persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath but he answered them my father is working until now and I myself am working for this reason therefore the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he not only was breaking the Sabbath but also was calling God his own father making himself equal with God Jesus did that claimed that Uh, Exodus 3.14 is a new movie, I guess, or maybe it's out uh, on the story of the Exodus, Israel, nation of Israel coming out of Egypt under the leadership of Moses. And it was after that that Moses went up on the mountain, received the commands, uh, the Ten Commandments, 650 commandments, 615. And before he goes to deliver Israel, he has an encounter with God on a burning bush. And God says, go, deliver my people. And Moses says, now, when I go, who shall I say sent me? And in verse 14 of Exodus 3, God says to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am, has sent, has sent you. Uh, and that is, uh, God was claiming that name for himself. John four twenty five. the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He was called Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you, I am he and the construction there is uh, I am Jesus repeatedly says I am in the way that it was given in Exodus chapter 3 John 8:58 Jesus said to them truly truly I say to you before Abraham was born I am and they and they picked up stones to stone him because they knew exactly what he was saying that he was claiming to be the one in the burning bush talking to Moses John 6:35 Jesus said to them I am I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. John eight twelve. then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. John eight twenty eight. Jesus said, when you lift up the son of man, that is when you nail him to a cross, then you will know that I am, I am he and i do nothing on my own initiative but i speak these things as the father taught me john 10:7 so jesus said to them again truly truly i say to you i am i am the door i am the door of the sheep all who came before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not hear them i am i am the door if anyone enters through me he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture john 10:11 i am i am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep john 10:36 do you Say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am, I am the Son of God. I do not do the works, I do not do the works of my, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do them, so Jesus is saying I am God and if I don't do the works of God, don't believe me. But if I do do the works of God, then understand that, that I am He. I claim to be the world's greatest fisherman. The only thing that will demonstrate that, prove that, is if I actually caught fish. Jesus says, I am the Son of God. And if I do not do the works of the, my Father, do not believe me. But if I do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. John ten thirty. I and the Father are one, we're equal, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, "I showed you many good works from the Father, for which of them are you stoning me?" The Jews answered him, "For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, because you being a man make yourself out to be God." So Jesus indeed claimed to be God. John 11:25, Jesus said to her, "I am, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die." Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. John fourteen six. Jesus said to him, I am, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. John eighteen six. so when he said to them, I am, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Now this is a great story. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and Judas leads a huge crowd to arrest him, betrays him. And they come up to him and says, Are you Jesus? And he makes his statement, I am he. And when he said that, they all fell over like a bunch of bowling pins. And uh, they get up, dust themselves off. They fell to the ground. Therefore he asked them again, whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus answered, I told you that I am, I am he. So if you seek me, let these go their way. So the passage I referred to in Daniel 7. Uh, the first major prophecy in the Bible concerning the coming king of the world, the Messiah, the kingdom of God. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man, son of man, was coming, and he came up to the ancient of days, God the Father, and was presented before him, and to him was given, to the son of man, to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom, a kingdom kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away. His kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. The Jews knew this passage well. And Jesus says, I'm the son of man. I'm the one that's prophesied in Daniel 7. He claimed to be God. Number two, where we, where I, where you spend eternity is based on whether we truly believe in Jesus as God who died for our sins. Now, one of the things that the greatest fisherman in the world does is fish. And so uh, I'm going to Alaska in July, and uh, Matt's uh, going to go as well. And I've gone every year for, I think, the last 15 years. And we usually leave on the 13th of July this year. We'll leave it on the 12th. And that's because the 15th is typically has been regularly uh, the peak of the sockeye run. Uh, that's when there's 100,000 fish in the river. And, uh, and so we go every year, 13th to the 20th of July, and it's like unbelievably good fishing. You cast, you catch, you cast, you catch, you cast, you catch. It, it's so fun. And this year, I'm going to take my grandson, Josiah, uh, with me. He's 14. He's the oldest of 21 grandkids. And I asked his mom and dad if, uh, if, he, if he could go. And so he's all excited. He's going to go with his grandpa, the greatest fisherman in all the world. And, uh, and so I go because Tim Groom buys my ticket and I can afford to go because he pays my way. But I've been saving up getting air miles. I got a bunch from our trip to Vietnam and I had enough and so I'm going to pay and buy his ticket and he's going to go. And so I bought it yesterday. I got the ticket actually. Uh, so I went online and, and, and did the whole thing and got it. I go up to Fairbanks, Alaska, Because my son-in-law son and daughter and four grandchildren, soon to be five, live there. And we go to visit and and, uh, sometimes we hunt. And so when I was buying the ticket yesterday, we're going to Anchorage. And we then drive to Soldatna, a three-hour drive, four-hour drive. And we camp there and fish for a week. But because we go to Fairbanks, I got the ticket for Josiah to go. And I got it, for just, uh, got it for Fairbanks instead of Anchorage. And I uh, actually had a flight number that was the same, uh, just different city. It was a little bit later that day that uh, I was looking at it, kind of getting excited about it, and I looked at it and, I, Fairbanks. He's not going to Fairbanks, he's going to Anchorage. So I called them on the phone and I said, Hey, I, I, I made a mistake here, and I explained the deal, and they laughed. No big deal, we'll change it, we won't even charge you. So I got it fixed. So let's suppose I didn't notice that it was to Fairbanks instead of Anchorage, and on July 12th, we all, the group of us that are going, A whole gang of us, like a dozen, are driving up there, and we're all talking about, did you check online? Did you see the fish numbers are coming up? Oh, so cool. It's going to be great. And everybody's excited, and Josiah can't hardly stand himself. And we get up there, and we're standing in line, we got all our gear, our fishing rods, and we're giving the lady our ticket, and she takes Josiah's ticket, and she says, this isn't going to work. This is to the wrong place. You can't go. Man, that would have been a bummer. Can you imagine the person that dies... And then stands before God, and God says, You got the wrong ticket, buddy. You're not going to this place. Uh, That would indeed uh, not be fun. Number three, as humans who live in a fleshly body, we are very capable, very capable of having a superficial belief in Jesus and not even know it. In other words, we got the wrong ticket and uh i discovered my mistake and fixed it with a lot of people uh that may not i believe in the prophet muhammad but i'm not a muslim uh, if i were to say to you i believe in the prophet muhammad you might say uh you're our pastor well, you believe in him too, I think. I mean, you read about him on the news, and you hear about him on the news. You hear about Muslims in, in the East. You hear about uh, you know this, all these things that are going on in, in the news and the stuff that are happening. And so you're very aware of the uh, Muslim religion, Islam, and uh, that that was started by an individual, by a person named Muhammad, uh, the Prophet Muhammad. So I believe in the prophet Muhammad. What is it that I believe? I believe he was born. I believe he lived. I believe he did the things that the history says he did. I believe that there's a whole bunch of people today that uh, serve him and follow him and believe in him today. I believe that to be true, but it's an intellectual assent to historical fact. There's a whole lot of people who believe Jesus in the same way, just simply intellectual assent to a historical fact. That belief will not get you into heaven. Uh, it's counterfeit it's phony it's weak and it isn't saving faith and many who say i believe in jesus are going to find out they've got the wrong ticket headed for the wrong place but it's going to be too late to change it and so it's important that we know exactly uh, what kind of faith we have matthew 7 23 many will say to me on that day lord lord we did not proph- did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform miracles I will declare to them, I never knew you. I never knew you. 2 Corinthians 13.5, test yourselves. Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Test yourself to see if your faith is genuine and real and saving. Examine yourselves. So how do you do that? I got on the scale this morning. Uh, I get on the scale every morning. I didn't do so well from Christmas to New Year's. In the sense of eating, exercising, and so I'm up a little bit, so I've got to get it back down. But I know it because I look at the numbers. You go to the doctor, they'll take your blood pressure, uh, they'll check your cholesterol, they'll check your blood sugar. I mean, there's a whole lot of things you can check about physically, what you're doing and how you are. And it says here, examine yourselves, test yourselves to see if you really are in the faith. So, how do you do that? Well, we'll answer that in a few minutes. Uh, Pay attention, you'll get it. Number four, we can overcome our proneness to pretentious phony faith by choosing to honor God. So, uh, if you're at this point where you're just intellectually assenting to a historical fact and you really want to move to genuine, real, saving faith, uh, choosing to honor uh, Jesus is critical. As a Christian you're headed for heaven your faith is real but you're weak and your faith isn't growing and you're plateaued and you're falling away choosing to honor Jesus is incredibly important John five twenty three, our passage this morning so that all will honor the son all will honor the son even as they honor the father even as they honor the father he who does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him <clears throat> so how do you do that honor the son uh, John twelve twenty six, if anyone serves me. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Uh, choosing to serve him, to follow him. First Samuel two thirty, far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor God speaking. I will honor those who honor me. Romans one twenty one even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks but they became futile in their speculations their foolish heart was darkened number five we choose to honor God That we choose to honor God by acknowledging his presence acknowledging his presence so when we started having kids and had eight kids we got pretty serious about raising them to be champions for Jesus that they would be successful so Patty and I started going to seminars on how to raise kids bought books every book written on how to raise kids and One of the seminars or books, I forget which one, made this statement, if you're going to raise successful kids, you need to teach them to do the most important commandment, the number one commandment given to children in the Bible. Uh, It's repeated over and over in the Bible, Old and New Testament, and that is that they would honor their mother and father. Teach them to do that one and uh, all the others will be easy. And so as we talked about, okay, we're going to teach them to do that. How do we do that? And so we had a sequential step of how we would do that. began with uh, the principle of when they walked into a room, if there were a thousand people in the room, half of them were their best friends, they wouldn't talk to anybody until they walked over to me and says, Dad, hi. They acknowledge my presence. Walk into the house, come home from school, been out working. Uh, first thing they do when they walk in the house, look around, walk up to me and say, Dad, good to see you. Acknowledge my presence, make eye contact with me first. And so, little bitty, we taught them to do that. A little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. Now they're grown adults. Um, And so they even joke about it a bit. Uh, Walk into a room, where's Dad? Hey, Dad, good to see you. Acknowledge someone's presence is the way you honor them. Ignore them, that's the way to dishonor them. We choose to honor God by acknowledging His presence, by spending time with Him in prayer. When you pray, you're saying, God, I believe that you hear my prayer, that you're here, that you will work. Reading His word, we say, God, I believe that you speak to me, that this is your inspired word and I'll read it. Worshiping Him, like we have done this morning, that's blessing Him, praising Him, exalting Him, because we believe in His existence and in His presence. And serving him. Number six, when we honor God, He will honor us. A major aspect of God's honor is revealing Himself to us. So we honor God and He honors us, and He will honor us by making Himself known, manifesting His presence. Uh, The old church fathers in the early days of the church would say God makes Himself thick or felt. Uh, and even a person that is sort of dull can sense the presence of God when He chooses. See, if God chooses not to reveal Himself, you won't have a clue. But if He chooses to manifest His presence in your heart and your uh, spirit, you will sense His presence though you don't see Him. Number six twenty-four: The Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you. The Lord make His face shine on you. What does that mean? That means He will manifest His presence. Uh, He will make Himself known. You will sense His presence in your heart and your spirit. Psalm sixty-seven, one: Be gracious to us, bless us, cause His face to shine upon us, cause His face to shine upon us, that is, make His presence known. Number 7, when God reveals Himself to us uh, and we become aware of His presence, we will know that He sees everything that we do, hears everything that we say, knows everything that we think. So, if I ask you conversation, where do you believe God is? Say, God is everywhere. Do you really believe that? Do you really sense that in your spirit? What would determine the answer to that when you're aware of the fact that he sees what you do all day long? He hears what you say all day long. He knows what you think all day long. You become increasingly aware of that fact as you become aware of his presence in your life. God reveals His presence because you choose to honor Him. The more you honor Him, the more He honors you with an awareness of His presence. And as you become increasingly aware of His presence all around you, you become increasingly aware of the fact that He sees everything you do, hears everything you say, knows everything that you think. Genesis twenty-eight sixteen. Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. I did not know it. Psalm 11, four, the Lord is in his holy temple, the Lord's throne is in heaven, his eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. Psalms 33:13. the Lord looks from heaven, he sees all the sons of men from his dwelling place, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. Psalms 139, one through four, great passage to memorize by the way, if you really wanna grow in this area of your life. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me, you know, you know when I sit down, when I rise up, you understand my thought from afar, You scrutinize my path and my lying down. You are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You know it all. And so we become increasingly aware of God's presence. We become increasingly aware of the fact that he sees all that we do. Number eight, Jesus sought the will of the Father, did the will of the Father. Jesus was completely submissive to God the Father. Now when you read this passage in John chapter 5, Jesus states that clearly that his submission to the Father is a result of his oneness with the Father. Their relationship is so intimate, but he chooses to submit, to follow, to obey God the Father in all that he does. John 5:19. Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. The Father loves the Son and shows Him all things that He Himself is doing, and the Father will show Him greater works than these so that you will marvel. Now when we began this series in the Gospel of John, I said that the key emphasis in the Gospel from beginning to end was relationship. It was the relationship of Jesus and the Father, our relationship with Jesus and the Father, and our love and how that can grow. And Jesus makes this statement, Everything I do, without exception, is the will of God John 530 I can do nothing on my own initiative as I hear I judge and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will but the will of him who sent me John 638 for I've come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me John 828 Jesus said when you lift up the Son of Man that is when you nail him to a cross then you will know that I am he and I do nothing on my own initiative but I speak these things as the Father taught me and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always, I always do the things that are pleasing to him. John twelve forty nine. For I did not speak on my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. So, back to this test yourself to see if you are truly in the faith. Test yourself to make sure you have the right ticket headed for the right place. And so there's a key question to ask. Number nine, the genuineness of our faith will be validated by our desire to be submissive to and obey Jesus. Desire. See, when you truly believe and have faith in Jesus as God's Son who came to this world and was nailed to a cross and your sins were put on Him and He paid the price of your sins, when you hear that and believe it and accept it and true born-again experience has your heart changes the Bible says God changes your heart and he puts in you a will a desire to follow and to serve him so test yourself to see if you are in the faith the question is do you hunger and thirst for righteousness you desire to follow him to serve him to please him Philippians two thirteen. for it is God who is at work in you both the will to will to desire, to want to, and to work for his good pleasure. I went to Wyoming recently to go hunting and one of my goals was to um, kill a mountain lion and mount him, full body mount, and put him in my living room. And so I was in Wyoming and I was hunting with this guide and, and after I got my mountain lion I had to go to this uh, game center and they had to check him and pull out a tooth and measure him and And I was there talking with the guy and he was looking at my uh, hunting license and tag under a big magnifying glass. And I asked him, I was curious about what he was doing and he said, oh, there's a lot of counterfeit hunting licenses and tags printed in Wyoming because it's the favorite place for people to hunt uh, because of so much game and so we have to check everybody's because they're selling them all over the world. Counterfeit, not real. Looks like it, but... Isn't real. So how do you know if your faith is real? You ask yourself the question Do I really truly want to serve Him, follow Him, obey Him? Luke 6, 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Matthew seven, twenty one. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So we come we become aware of his presence and we know that in my heart there is this desire to serve him number 10 jesus is judge that authority was given to him by the father our growing awareness of this of this fact that he is judge will increase our attitude of being submissive to the uh, to the god of the universe so if you go on a mission trip with me we went on one in vietnam recently we've gone on them to africa liberia sierra leone and other places romania uh, if you went on a mission trip with me, there's always, like, if there's a dozen people in the, in the group, there's always a couple who will say, so, where are we going next? What's happening next? Like, every hour. They want to know, what's next on the agenda? Uh, you know, I've, before we go, I, I recognize who it'll be, and I think, okay, I've got to be patient. I've got to be patient. But occasionally, I'll say, why don't you just wait and see what's next? So, some of you are curious, What's next? Unless Jesus comes back, the next major thing in your life is you're going to die. Huh? Yeah, I mean, you're going to have a birthday, you go to work, do all this stuff. But the major significant event in your life is you're going to die. And then the next cool event is you're going to get a brand new body that will never get old, never get sick, never get tired. It's going to be a glorified body, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. And then you're going to stand before Jesus and give an account of your life, this life that you've lived. Um, It's not determining whether you're going to live in heaven, uh, but you will be rewarded on the basis of that judgment. 2 Corinthians 5.10, we must all, all, every one of us, appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We'll stand before him and be judged, so that each one may be recompensed, rewarded, for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Uh, That's for you and for me. Did you know there's a whole lot of people that never enters their head that someday I'll stand before Jesus and give an account of my life? 1 Corinthians three thirteen. each man's, each person's work will become evident for the day. The day that you stand before him will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. The fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward, a reward that we will take into heaven for all eternity. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. But... You'll be saved you'll go to heaven because that's on the basis of genuine real faith but yet so is through fire that is you'll have everything that you've done in your life burned up it amounts to nothing romans 14 10 but you why do you judge why do you judge your brother Or you again why do you regard your brother with contempt for we will all every one of us stand before the judgment seat of god for it is written as i live says the lord every knee shall bow to me every tongue shall give praise to god so then each one of us will give an account, will give an account of himself to God. 1 Peter 1.7, so that the proof, the proof, test yourself now to see if you are in the faith, the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in, when you stand before Jesus and give an account of your life and are rewarded. what is it that you get, money? Do you get a big mansion, new car? Harley um, Davidson motorcycle. Uh, the reward we get is praise and glory and honor. And that's what we want more than anything else, coming right from the lips of God. Uh, there will be some who enter into heaven because they did nothing with their life and they didn't grow, because they really didn't submit to Jesus. Not going to receive anything. So, for me, for you, We think about who we are, where we are in our walk and relationship with God. Uh, It's a good thing to honor Him. Honor Him by praying, honor Him by reading His Word, honor Him by worship, honor Him by saying, I'll serve you, I'll serve you, I'll follow you, I'll do your will for my life. As Jesus said, I want to do the perfect will of God, and you want that and you seek that. You will never, ever backslide, get lukewarm, get apathetic, Uh, As long as you uh, keep seeking Him and seeking to serve Him and giving Him your life, it's a good thing to do, to honor the Son because He is God. Let's pray. Father, thank You for saving us. Thank You for giving us eternal life that we uh, we can just be confident and secure in. Because we know you, our faith is genuine, it's real, it's not counterfeit. And we know that because in us, in our heart, Lord, we want to serve you, we want to please you. We love you, we trust you. It's not just intellectual assent that we occasionally think about. And I pray that each one of us would truly give our life to you every day and say, Lord, use me for your glory. Thank you, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.